in an election that will determine the fate of the entire universe. There's only one podcast holding politicians accountable. Scott Morrison, Anthony Albanese. Who will lose? Find out on The Chaser Report, Election Edition. Hello and welcome to the Election Edition of The Chaser Report. It's Thursday the 19th of May, two days to go. Until Election Day, I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Charles Firth, and hello, Chaz Lichardello. Hello, hello, hello. Something amazing happened yesterday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, the most surprising, unexpected, and frankly entertaining moment of the election, Scott Morrison knocked over a child <laughs> while playing soccer. It wasn't policy. Mm, yes. It wasn't – it was momentous for the child, I think, getting a have a many kilos the PM weighs, whacking on it. But the consequences were profound, Chazzy. Re- they really were because that, that was the worst possible thing Scott Morrison could do to a child to land on them. Mm. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, if he punched him, that would be okay. That wouldn't have hurt. But Scott Morrison landing on him – Oh my god! But luckily, just crushed him. Scott Morrison hasn't landed anything for the last three years. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, what he'd managed to do, and this is the thing that surprised me most of all, I saw the cover of the telly this morning. Mm. You're not going to believe this. It mm. Doesn't have a hit piece on Albo. Oh yes, yeah. two wow. days. Out. What? That's a that's a proper foul, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it bumped. It this bumped. Um, yes. it bumped Albo off, and you, huge mistake. You're not going to believe this. They've <laughs> actually got they've actually got a decent pun. Yeah, what is oh it? Oh, yeah, what's the pun? ScoMo's small target strategy. Oh, no. see how that is there? Yeah, but it's not a hit good. piece on elbows, so it's a, it's a fail by the P- PM. Yes. That is a real two-for-one pigs might fly because, number one, you've got the, the Telegraph running anti-PM. But secondly, mm. you've also got Australians taking an interest in politics for like five seconds. Well, <laughs> yeah, admittedly, I think they're interested in the sport angle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, is, it a, is this going to win voters for Scott Morrison? I mean, tough on oh, kids. Look, I, I saw it and I thought, yeah, I hate, I hate kids. Yeah, I, I support the prime minister now. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> like, who, who hasn't seen one of those under seven soccer games and wanted to go up and punch one of the kids in the face? Well, and They're if, fuck with. And if you're going for Western Sydney, bring back the beef. They love us. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, HG Nelson was yeah. all over this this morning on Twitter. I mean, I there was once a, a soccer game many years ago with um, some members of the, of the, of the Chaser. Group and mm. we were playing at Bronte Beach and a kid was involved and mm. some accused me of getting a little bit physical in the tackles. Yeah, I still wish I thumped that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what though, like because I I had assumed that Scott Morrison didn't know how to tackle anything because mm. he hasn't done it with climate change <laughs> and and he hasn't done it with. Uh, you know, wages, and I, he hasn't done it with, you know, integrity. But he has he has the ability to tackle things. I love the way Charles mm. keeps trying to steer <laughs> this towards political satire. You are so noble, <laughs> Charles. Impressive. You really are. I'm sorry, mate. Scott Morrison just thumped the kid. That, that's got nothing to do with political satire. Although, that said, <laughs> just keep an eye out for the, for the news headlines because by the close of business today... You can't tell me Albo's not going to knock a kid over as well. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Coalition's been suggesting for weeks that things won't be easy under Albanese. Chaz is going to take a look at that claim, aren't you, Chaz? I certainly am. And we're going to talk to Joe Dyer, who's running in the seat of Boothby as one of those community independents. So, and that's a tight race. So it'll be interesting to see how she's planning to stuff it up over and the next couple of days. The <laughs> final stage of our cruel experiment to make John Delmenico watch Sky News throughout election 2022. First, though, it's Charles's wrap. This is the wrap for Thursday, the 19th of May. 
The unemployment rate has plummeted to record lows today, raising fears that the unemployment rate amongst government front benches will remain low even after this Saturday. But Education Minister Stuart Robert has taken a lead from Scott Morrison and announced that it's not his job to do the things that are exactly his job to do. Speaking to Patricia Carvelis on Radio National this morning, he was challenged about the whereabouts of missing family values crusader and philandering minister Alan Tudge. But after a bit of a pause, Stuart Robert said it was not his job to know what's going on with the guy that he's filling in for. It's not my job to look for members of parliament. The senior government minister also didn't accept that Morrison was to blame for shoulder-charging a kid in a soccer game yesterday saying both sides were to blame. Poor little boy. I think he was pretty good. There was a high five afterwards. Uh, So it was just an error from both of them. Robert called on the boy to apologise to the Prime Minister for getting in the way of Morrison's shoulder. Aged care homes don't have to spend the money that they were given to spend on food on food under a scheme designed by the Morrison government. The scheme was set up after a Royal Commission found that pretty much the entire industry was run by untrustworthy, shonky operators. But yesterday, the aged care minister admitted that the scheme contained no requirement to spend the food money on food, instead trusting the um, shonky operators to suddenly start being honest with all the free money that they were being given. And finally, the Labor Party has released its costings today with the promise that much of its savings can be made in stopping government schemes that hand free cash to shonky operators without any strings attached. Don't know where they got that idea from. That's the wrap for Thursday the 19th of May. Two days to go. Almost there. Back in a sec. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Chaser Report, election edition. Now, guys, the, the question which most people are asking going into the election, this is the biggest, biggest question of all is, tell me how is it not going to be easy under Albanese? Because all day and all night we are hearing this bloody ad. There's a hole in your budget, dear Labor, dear Labor. Labor can't say how they'd pay for billions in extra spending. That means... More taxes are coming, more taxes with Labor. It won't be easy under Albanese. Authorised by Ahurst Liberal Canberra. Okay. All right. We get it. You've destroyed our childhood. Thank you very much, Liberal Party. But when you say it won't be easy under Albanese, what won't be easy under Albanese? What Mm. is it? This is the question everyone's asking, so you want to know before you vote. And what I always wondered with that is why didn't Labor just respond with... It'll be easy under Albanese. 
It's actually more of a stretch to say it's not easy. Like, yeah. too easy, Albanese. You know, like... You make a but, fair point, but Charles. <laughs> that, would, that would suggest that Labor would have some kind of clever, quick response unit oh, yeah. putting out viral responses with wit and a, a little bit of attitude, which Honestly, clearly they don't. Honestly, as long as that is a nursery rhyme, I don't care. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sick I mean, of that song. We've said in a previous... Chaz segment that the whole of Labor spent several days trying to make the notion of triple whammy catch yeah. on, which is, which was a shit reference in the eighties when yes. it comes from. Yes, it was. Yeah, but anyway, but the, but the question is, what are they talking about? Because mm, yeah. if they're going to spend that much money, we need to know what they're talking about. What is it? So I did the research. Right. I broke into the Liberal Party headquarters. Yeah. I, I actually dug up a Manila folder right. they had buried under a desk yeah. about all the things that won't be easy mm. under Albanese. This is Watergate style. This is this is huge. Yeah. This is massive, guys. Very yeah. brave of you to go near a coalition owned desk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the list of the things that won't be easy if Albanese should win government. Okay? okay. Okay. Number one, it will not be easy for people to own boats. Okay. It could be the worst non-cracking time period in history <laughs> to own a boat. Okay. Because you just know the moment he loses the election, yeah. Peter Dutton is heading for the high seas. Yeah. He's going to have his little private dinghy, have a little love boat captain hat. Yeah. He's going to be sailing everywhere, surveilling the entire coast for mm. any boat that he can beat up. Yeah. It's going to be, if you have a boat, I don't care what kind of boat. I don't mm. care if it's a yacht. I don't care if it's a life raft. Yeah. I don't care if it's one of those little paddle boats from a fun park where mm. you pedal with your feet. You are going to be questioned by Peter Dutton and that will not be easy because he's a scary man. (laughs) Okay, so number one, boats. Number two, Chinese restaurants in Canberra. It will not be easy for them because for the last 30 years, Chinese restaurants have basically paid the bills Mm. by union honchos and Labor Party apparatchiks doing the numbers in their restaurants at these boozy dinners, right? Yes. They can't do it anymore well, because the coalition are going to try and make a thing out of China for the next three years. Oh. Right? So they're going to have to yes. they have to go to a Ukrainian restaurant. Right? Yes. So, so Chinese restaurants right across Canberra closing down. The the moment elbow, yes. take, it won't be easy. It no. won't be it easy, won't Charles. Be easy. No, no. no, it will not. Jason Clare. Now, the moment Labor takes government, mm. you know he's going to have journalists, especially from the Australians, mm. sifting through his garbage, going through his underwear drawer, stalking his Facebook friends, looking for any sign that they can spin that he's going to be challenging the Prime Ministership. <laughs> you just know it. Yes. You remember how they were really yes. nice, the Conservatives were really nice to Julia Gillard when Kevin Run won run mm. back in 2007? Because yes. they knew it was coming. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just as nice to Jason Clare now. Although, to be fair, to be fair, Chazzy, he's clearly going to challenge. So, there's not going to be smoke without face from Labor. Of course he's challenging. That is true. But anyway, it's not going to be easy for him. They're going to be all over him. And I should yeah. just, just say, mm. leadership turmoil is about to be negative again. <laughs> for the last, oh, th- yes. the last three years, hasn't been a problem. No. The last six years, not a problem. It's about to be a problem again. Yes, and switching prime ministers every three years or yeah. so. Oh, yeah, that's going to be bad news be again. Bad. <laughs> that's bad. right, that's right. right. Okay, yes. okay, Deputy PM Barnaby Joyce. It yes. will not be easy for him. First of all, he's yes. going to have a lot more spare time. Mm. We know what he does in his spare time. Oh, dear. So oh. <laughs> it could be costly. Yes. <laughs> but secondly... Yeah. He's going to have to undertake some serious speech therapy, uh, some elocution lessons, something, in order to learn how to pronounce the new Prime Minister's name. Yes. Okay, Because I don't know what wrong this, was wrong with this guy. Mm. Albany's been around for, what, 25 years now? Yes. Mm. All right? Uh, everyone pronounces his name right, yes. except for Barnaby, who mm. says this. Possibly Mr Albanese. Mr Albanese. Mr Albanese. Mr Albanese. More popular than Mr Albanese. But that might be because he pronounces easy 
A's, right? <laughs> maybe. And so he just thinks it rhymes with, it won't be A's under Albanese. Or maybe he's got a long-term <laughs> plan to undermine Albo by making us think of mayonnaise whenever we think of uh, Albo. <laughs> What's the other thing? That's the other thing. He's He he clearly hasn't seen the It Won't Be yes. Easy and the Albanese ads from his own party, <laughs> which means, I don't know, he's been on another planet or something. I think that this guy's going to need electrodes. I think it's yeah. definitely not going to be easy for Barbie Choice, whatever's going to happen. Do you think he's doing it to irritate Well, Albanese? actually, actually, on a serious note for a second, uh, not that these aren't all very serious, mm. but on a serious <laughs> note, Lachlan actually, when I asked him to find, to just go to a Barnaby press, press conference to put mm. them together, yeah. he found something really interesting. This is from January this year. That's what they call Albanese politics. So he does know how to pronounce it. So he used to say it right, and now he doesn't. Right. Even though the entire liberal strategy is around his name. So, which is really so. Maybe he's got a brain tumor or something. Maybe maybe maverick. (laughs) But as soon as they decided easy Albanese, he was like, "Nope, yes, Albanese." He's Albanese. Very weird stuff. Anyway, whatever the reason, it won't be easy for Barbie Joyce. Women's rugby league teams. Oh. Not going to be easy for them. I'll tell you why. We, we, we've, we've talked about the tackle already, all right? Mm. Now, clearly Scott Morrison's feeling the pressure, lashing out, taking out on 12-year-olds playing mm. soccer. Yeah. Clearly. So what happens <laughs> if he loses? Oh, right? are you thinking he goes to the Sharks? Well, my mind flits back to Catherine Deves and her obsession with men declaring themselves transgender and then competing in women's sport. Right. right? This right. is something that yeah. doesn't happen in the real world. Mm. But Scott Morrison thinks that that's a, that's a very reasonable concern, he yes. said, right? Yes. Now, I think to myself, could there be some projection going on there? Oh. Maybe Scott Morrison yes. has the intention to declare himself a, transgender a yes. and then go in a women's rugby league team and just yes. take them all out. Yes, and, uh, that, and that what happened <laughs> yesterday, he was practising. Exactly. Yes. It will not be easy, Charles. It will not be easy. I, I'm pretty confident the average female rugby league player could take out Morrison. <laughs> I think he's got, to be, he's got to get into the under 12s. Probably. Might, it it, it might, might not be easy for him. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Election news you can't trust. The Chaser Report. Now, Charles, the Chaser Report during the course of the campaign has become the place that independent candidates go. I don't know why they come. Do they? Mm. They've got campaigns to win and yet yeah, they're talking right. to our podcast. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe because we asked. We've got a highly influential, mm. vast audience. We were told by ACAST yesterday who distribute our, our podcast that uh, our, our the reach of our podcast has, has just exploded this, during this election. Yeah, there are many thousands mm. of people listening to the podcast every single day, mm. but divide that by 151 <laughs> seats, and it's probably a few <laughs> dozen who are fighting for each independent. Nevertheless, uh, we have um, someone who's in a really fascinating race uh, today, Joe Dyer, who's written for our sister publication, The Shot, by the way, on a few occasions, and mm. uh, formerly ran Adelaide Writers Week. She is running in the seat of Boothby in Adelaide, and she joins us now. 
thank you for having me back. Two in six months. I'm feeling very privileged. So uh, how's it going down in Boothby? Look, Boothby feels like it's sort of the epicentre of the electoral universe. Um, mm-hmm. You drive up and down the main roads here and there are just core flute forests everywhere. Um, initially they were just the major parties, but as the campaign has gone on and we've had more of our kind of loopy right-wing nut jobs join the campaign, there's now any number of smaller parties. The proliferation has been profound. Mm. Who's the strangest candidate running <laughs> when you say there's some weirdos? Yeah, no, look, there are. So we've got um, ten candidates running in Boothby and five of them I would say are on the fringes, let's mm. put it politely. The strangest candidate is uh, my fellow independent, Paul Bussatil. Look, I didn't realise quite how strange he was. I did cast my eye over his some of his policy platforms early on just because I thought, oh, fellow independent, perhaps we could have some synergies or simpatico, but no. And he is one of the people who think that um, a, the the proliferation of abortion um, is mainly so that the aborted fetuses can be harvested for body parts and then trafficked. So not your first preference on your how to vote? No. So there was a bit of a debate um, internally and of the campaign as to which of the five more extreme candidates would be last. Yes. Um, and, and who you know, did you end up with? One Nation is actually last yeah. on all of the tickets of the um, the four. Initially, the, the, there were the four candidates that we that travelled around doing the the travelling roadshow of the candidates forum. So that was Louise Miller Frost from Labor, Rachel Swift from Liberal, Jeremy Cart from the Greens, and me. We were the the first. Three, uh, the first four rather, and uh, the first forums were just us. But then, as the campaign went on, um, there were others that were included, and that's where you started to learn a little bit more about your your fellow nominees. I'm looking at the um, list here, Joe, um, on the ABC website. They've got all the ten candidates, and I've been bemused by the Australian Federation Party, who is running in your seat. Uh, are they in favour of federation? Because I've got some news for them. I think it's been <laughs> achieved. I'm not quite sure what their overarching agenda is because, yes, you would have thought they've come a few years too late for that main <laughs> policy objective. Mm. Um, but they describe themselves as the newest emerging major party. Oh. So they see themselves okay. um, as a, on, on the rise, shall we say. Well, I suppose um, they have the, talking about them more than we would have been in few years ago when they didn't exist. <laughs> well, this is the thing. They're running in 60 seats, but by next year, next election, they hope to be running um, in all of the elections. That's what we've been advised. They take the prize for the most obstreperous candidate, um, not actually the candidate running in Boothby um, because, sadly, he had a heart attack relatively recently, but oh, gosh. is you know he has recovered. Um, but then I'm quite sure if he was in Melbourne for treatment of some sort for said heart attack. But then as he was driving back from Melbourne to Adelaide, his wife went into labour on the side of the road. So he's had a two a few days off to recover from that. So we haven't actually seen him. He's been represented by apparently the state director of the um, Federation Party. Flattering for the, the voters of Boothby. Yeah. Their Senate candidate is this really obstreperous woman who strides around and accuses everyone of having damaged her core flutes. Um, at each of the, the, polling, the pre-polling booths, whenever she appears, 
pretty much everybody runs for cover. That has been a bonding experience for even with the Liberals. Everyone gets very angry about the core flutes. Mm. Do, do they mm. actually make any difference? Like, has anyone ever gone, oh, look, I don't know who to vote for. Oh, I like their core flute. I'm voting for them. I don't think it's that, but what I will say for independents who don't have any brand or name recognition at the start of a campaign, Mm. they do trigger some curiosity. So I actually had some mates down here in Adelaide with whom I worked on my first feature film, Lucky Miles, available now on iTunes or (laughs) Apple, I believe. Um, And he didn't know that I was running um, until he saw my mug smiling oh, down. So personal from... friends get the heads up from Corfu. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, useful. Yeah. But no, actually, because we've had we have a very stylish Corfu. I will say that was designed coincidentally by the writer director of Lucky Miles for me, who did my logo, Michael Rowland. So is your campaign because... basically plugging your movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that's just happened twice in the last minute, and that's the first time. And I imagine probably the last time that will happen. Um, but they are quite distinctive, and they have actually triggered people to go to the website and try and work out who um, the stylish purple lady is. I was described yeah. by one of the children um, of my volunteers. I'm just looking at it now. It's not teal. It's not teal. It's yeah, not I was going to ask you about no, that. Are you not? Are you? I thought you were a teal. No, I'm fuchsia. So I just didn't think teal was distinctive enough. And the reality is, is that when you trawl through all of the various political parties, like most of the bright colours have been taken, mm. whether you know green, blue, mm. uh, yellow. Mm. Red, mm. um, orange, all of these were already gone. So I thought, well, you want something that really will stand out. And I've got to say, the hot yeah. pink has been absolutely winning choice. You can see one of my supporters from literally, you know, a kilometre away. And the van, the hot pink van, that has been my single biggest, best investment. Are you going to keep it no, no matter what happens? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thinking how awkward it's going to be even to drive it to the place to get the skin stripped off um, <laughs> next week if if I am not catapulted to greatness and to Parliament. Um, it's going to be a slightly sheepish drive, I think. So are you going to win? Like, Do you know are there any polls? I know this is going out this afternoon, so uh, we're my response to that will be we're expecting to be competitive on Election Day. But there are many ways that you can measure success in a campaign like this. (laughs) (laughs) And what I will say, though, is there's absolutely no doubt that we've had a big impact on the campaign itself um, Mm. and what everybody else has had to do. And we've spiced things up. Like, we've had a lot of fun um, and we've kind of kept everybody on their toes. It does depend how you measure success, does it? Because clearly the Federation Party's... Just going on the basis of how many core flutes remain in, intact by the end of the campaign. Well, I think I'll measure success by, uh, oh, let's put it this way, I would certainly consider the campaign to be a failure if I don't get more first preference votes than the Federation Party. <laughs> <laughs> you sound buoyant and upbeat about, despite having campaigned for months at this. And I, I'm fascinated to find out how jaded you feel about it come Sunday or Monday, but uh, it's great that you aren't completely exhausted at this stage and that you're actually going out with a core flute and shaking it around to attract voter interest. So um, I absolutely am. I think I'm running probably on adrenaline um, and a few bits of a few bowls of cauliflower cheese alone. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's the exclusive. Joe Dyer, powered by cauliflower cheese. Um, thanks for joining us, Joe. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. All the best for Election Day. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. 
Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Rigging elections since before it was cool. The Chaser Report. John, I just want to begin this segment by saying I'm really sorry you had to watch so much Sky News. What are you talking about? It's been, great. it's been all right. It's, got, it's gotten better near the, near the end. I've gotten okay with it. John, I watch Sky News as well. It's not all right. <laughs> yeah, but you watch Sky News daytime. I'm watching Sky News after dark. Oh, It's okay. different. That's, that's better? It, it's different. Okay. So I, like, I knew coming into this based on four weeks of doing this segment that Charles and Dom would probably want to throw to me in some sort of down, sad mood. Mm. So I've, all, I've actually got an introduction um, thanks to Paul Murray. John, g'day, mate. Nice to see you. <laughs> Much better mood going into a podcast recording, guys. I don't know why mm. you're so downer. And Charles, no, I was listening to hey. the Trump interview with Piers Morgan, mm. and I noticed something about you. What? I know Charles pretty well. I like Charles. I mean, he's Good. funny, smart, quick. Oh, well, uh, uh, you know, got a fan in Trump. You've been keeping it under your hat, Charles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we chat occasionally. <laughs> I let him win at golf, you know. And no, I trust a word Donald Trump says. <laughs> and, of course, Dom... I've got something for you from Paul Murray. Dom, you bitch virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Was that edited by any chance? Uh, I slightly edited that from different things he said on air. <laughs> Thanks, John. I wonder if I'll be able to find one as a comeback that has a John in it. <laughs> I think I will. No, but in serious note, though, for the first five weeks of the election, I was a bit anti-Sky News. Mm-hmm. But going into the sixth week, I started understanding that there is a purpose to it. Mm. Like, most journalists will not ask questions like this one from Chris Kenny. Have you ever eaten a banana with a knife and fork, Justin? No, mate, I... No one else has asked people that. Like, you don't see that sort of stuff on the other journalists. you don't. They're all the fake news journalists. Lee Lee Sales never asks those important questions. You want to know why the ABC doesn't get a debate? That's why. That's why, (laughs) yes. And Sky News doesn't just have good questions their guests have good solutions to issues mm. matt canavan he solved russia what we should be trying to find ways to increase coal production because it's the best way to fight vladimir putin right so we're we going to throw <laughs> coal at him <laughs> the coal catapult <laughs> every solution that matt canavan has involves increasing coal production <laughs> so, i believe that's his uh, global warming solution yeah. as well <laughs> yeah, exactly. well he did he did announce today that he called himself a hopeless romantic because he's taken his wife to 17 coal mines in four days <laughs> and that is the kind of person that sky news gets on almost every single night <laughs> He has been on the show almost every single night. Catherine Deves, especially in the later end, has been on quite regularly. She's going to be on their election wrap. Mm. And I'm starting to realise that that I'm learning real stuff from Sky News and they've been right all along. So like Corey Bernardi, a former senator, Mm. I've got a quiz for you guys. Which of these three things 
is not a theory that he has pushed. Okay. A, Nick Curios is a union thug trying to take down Dom Perrottet. <laughs> B, lefty teachers are burning baby fetuses to make clean energy. What? Or C, vampires are real. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? They all sound very plausible on Sky News. I'm going to say he didn't say vampires are real because he wants to hide the truth. <laughs> 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 all right, let's see which one of you three is correct. Years ago when people said there were vampires inhabiting Hollywood, there were blood drinkers, well, there you go. Someone who says we can save the planet by burning aborted children for electricity. Oh. And then you've got a whole bunch of these weirdos that are just getting into it and saying, yeah, yeah, let's go along with it. These are the people that are teaching your children. Hashtag union thug has been dispatched by the Teachers Federation to take out the New South Wales Premier. Yeah, Nick Trick question. Trick question there. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, Hildebrand. Okay. Yeah, so I'm learning so much. Like, no one would have even thought to say that vampires are real on the news. Mm. But when you have a former politician in Cory Bernardi, nowhere else is saying that. And, really? like, I didn't see it on the ABC. I didn't see it on Channel 9. Mm. I, I just want to find one of those teachers who wants to burn fetuses for mm. energy to teach my children because I want them to have a broader education. <laughs> <laughs> Like Corey Bernardi, I went into it thinking like the only thing I knew about him was when he said that gay marriage would lead to someone eventually wanting to have sex with a dog. Mm. I think I found who Corey Bernardi was talking about. I didn't think animals could give consent. That's what the lefties told me for many, many years. He's gone into talking about animals giving consent. <laughs> so he was right before. <laughs> so wait a minute. What's the right wing position that, that animals... Can give consent or can't give consent? I don't understand. Are, are they pro-animal rape? Is what, yeah. What's going on? Well, no, no, <laughs> but if they can give consent. Oh, this is very confusing. I just want to say. I don't uh, understand why it's a left or right wing thing. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, if I can put it in this, these terms without getting sued and breaching a, a, a legal settlement, this topic makes me think of a different Sky News presenter. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Corey Bernardi isn't the biggest host of Sky News. The biggest host is Andrew Bolt. Mm. Mm. So I've got a question again. Who, according to Andrew Bolt, do you think plays the race card too much? Sky News. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it'll be something stupid. So it'll be that, that the left play the race card too much. Who is the most discriminated against people oh, in Australia? It'll be Indigenous people. Indigenous people. Indigenous people play the race card too much. Is that right? All right. Play the Can we lock that in? <laughs> now, this is the first time that Bob Catter has played this race card to intimidate a left-wing crowd at the ABC. You're Bob Catter. So Bob, Bob Catter plays the, the race card way too much. Andrew Ball had an entire segment talking about how Bob Catter plays the race card and is constantly talking about race and his race. Okay, I've got to jump in here because I, you're doing a fine job, John, but I, this actually intersects with an actual serious theory I have. This is not comedy for a moment. Oh, yeah. This is, a, this is, this is an announcement. <laughs> this is a public announcement from Chaz Lichardello. I think Andrew Bolt is going to get the arse in the next year. And I'll tell you why. And this is this is this this feeds yeah, this right into feeds it. Into it, yeah. he is too left wing for Sky News. <laughs> Chaz. I just think about that for a second. He's, I'm telling you, I've watched him a bit. He he has said nice things about Albanese several times during his campaign. His audience have turned on him. Wow. You are not allowed to do that if you're on Sky News I, at I, night. I would be shocked by this call, this very big call, except for the fact that after the debate on Sky News, he was the only Sky presenter who's thought that Albanese had done a better job. And then he said, you know, unusually for a Labor leader, he wasn't scary. And exactly. And can I also point out, by the way, that I've seen the ad for the Sky News election coverage. It's already started because that's you know, a few days away. Mm. Guess who isn't on the ad? 
I'm wow. telling you, Bolt is going to get the ass. You hear here first. He he is the only one that fails to push whatever they want to talk about. So there was um, one time when they set up. Clearly, the talking points were that the French election is killer for the woke. He hit all those the same points as every other show because they just show the exact same clips and all that for every single episode except for like one or two segments. But his take was that Le Pen was a far right nut job, and that um, he's happy to get the other guy. But literally all the other hosts were like, Le Pen was robbed. She's the only one that matters. So it's like, and then there's been other times as well where one time when he was interviewing Mark Latham, Mark Latham, they were talking about, well, they're both being transphobic. And then at one point, Mark Latham was like, this is a problem with the, with the trans people and the gays. And then Bolt turned on him hard and like had a go at him for being homophobic. So what's happened? Is Andrew Bolt had a knock to the head or something? Can, can, can I just be clear here? He's not left wing. <laughs> he's very, even in the slightest. He's, he, is a, he, he, is a, he is as liberal as they get, but he's not a doctrinaire hack. Yeah. He, like, he, he, there Huge are t- mistake. Yeah, there are, exactly. That's yeah. a massive mistake. Yeah. There are times when he will say something that's not predictable. But can't they recycle him into – you know, do you remember that uh, Fox News show – Years ago, called Hannity and Co. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it could be the Sky News well, lefty. <laughs> Paul Murray's got this. He was on after the debate. Paul Murray's got this um, amazing like labour hack who just keeps turning up to be the punching bag. I don't Reese, know. Nicholas Reese. Yeah, Nicholas Reese. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. He could be the. He's Nicholas in their ad. Bolt is not in their ad, oh, but Nicholas wow. Reese is in their yeah. ad. Wow. <laughs> I just, I just think Andrew Bolt. He's a smart fella. He's seen David Spears, and he's he wants to go to the ABC. Oh. No, I, well, genuinely, I think Bolt, like, he has complained in the past that he finds this election boring and tedious and annoying, that Labor needs to push more to the left wing and that Scott Morrison should push more to the right wing and that they're all just sort of playing around doing nothing. I think he's just genuinely done, but he's like Rupert Murdoch's fav- clear favourite out of the bunch. So he's there and everyone else is gone. Do you think that moving to the Mornington Peninsula has just sort of taken the edge off Oh, he, 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 he never, he, he's he a hippie. Said, he's chilled he out. Yeah, he's just chilled out. He hasn't even mentioned Dictator Dan once. <laughs> Actually, no, only once did he has he mentioned Dictator Dan and then that's when he got into an argument about whether um, Dan Andrews is worse than the CCP and how he handles <laughs> protesters. Yeah. But other than that one segment. Yeah. Apart from that one. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he had a one moment of... <laughs> Clarity. But <laughs> Andrew Bolt, chill centrist. Yeah. I never thought I'd say those words. But he does have genuine concerns that no one else will talk about, though. Not even the other Sky News hosts. Like this real threat to us all. Scientists who are sending Earth's location into space. Well, this could make aliens do something bad to us. See, aliens are going to attack and the leftist media isn't even talking about it. <laughs> Where's Peter Dutton on this one? I think Peter Dutton is against all aliens. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, instead of stopping the boats, it'll be stopping the spacecraft. Yes. <laughs> all right, you guys still don't seem convinced that Sky News is the only <laughs> trustworthy source. Not 100%. So going past the um, normal hosts, even their guests are really good. Like, um, Would we call them normal, by the way? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Daisy Cousins, yeah. she had a massive... Massive thing to reveal about Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, he is he is a Hollywood lefty. He's not a fan of Trump, all of that. And I think he's always been peculiarly spiritual and arguably psychic. I think in 2003, his psychic powers, and I mean this sincerely, foresaw the woke culture war coming. And well, that's a new angle. Yeah, yeah Johnny Depp <laughs> is psychic. And <laughs> I bet if you asked like ABC, they would say definitely he's not psychic. 
So like yes. I, the world that Sky News has, I realize is just a better world. So 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 you don't care whether it's the real world. You just think it's a it's a better world. So you just want to be there. So well, you're saying the real world. We should all move to the Mornington Peninsula. <laughs> they like again. So Matt Canavan, you guys said that his coal idea. Yeah. We mocked it. Mm. Yeah, we did. somebody else had an even better way to deal with the Taliban. And Jennifer, the world's never been more dangerous. No, it hasn't. And look, if only the Easter Bunny was there uh, to stop the Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to deploy the yeah. Easter Bunny. Why has no one deployed the Easter Bunny? Well, Ben Robert Smith was uh, arguing for that, but then he pushed the bunny off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Dom likes that joke. <laughs> it was a very, very sad Easter <laughs> Although uh, it was a pretty impressive egg roll. <laughs> Also, they had ideas to make animals more American, like this last guy. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be terrific? I mean, it wouldn't be terrific, obviously, if it was required, but you'd assume the rabbits are armed. <laughs> well, that is the way to beat the Taliban with the Easter Bunny, I guess. Um, so wait a minute, Sky News actually stopped down and took the idea seriously, <laughs> did they? I, I just, I must say, I'm starting to just think, John, we, we may have done a fairly bad thing. <laughs> um, would you just come over here and take a look at this cliff? <laughs> Oh dear. Ah! Our gear is from Rode Microphones. We are part of the ACAST Creator Network. Bye, John. Uh... Bye.